0: so okay. let let's start off. Just do you want to hello, welcome, great to great to be seeing you, talking to you. Thank you, Scott. Um, do you want to just start off and give a little overview of like the scope of what you consider your creative practice and the things that you do?
1: Yeah, because um, this is was the t- is the title of this songwriting specifically or no? The title um, of
0: this podcast is sustainable, sustainable creativity. creativity.
1: Okay, great. Yes, um, so
0: we're kind of covering the we're covering <laughs> like the. Big picture of, like, how have you been able to maintain, you know, an active creative practice over probably more than 20 years?
1: Well, I, I view it as, like, a lot of them are, like, chunks of things I'll do for a 10, 15 year chunk of time that kind of... Okay, so... We know a lot of people in common through the music world of the Bay Area, which I was very heavily involved in as a musician, as a promoter, uh, as a journalist at certain points, and then working in record labels. And then we are co-workers at uh, another company that is a music streaming media company. And I also started doing stand up maybe like 12 years ago. Uh, you know, around 2010, 2011, uh, started doing stand-up comedy, sort of something I've been interested in for a long time. Um, I don't know what my practice is at this point. Uh, I've kind of done a lot of different things and I found that they weren't sustainable, uh, which is why I have a job now, but, um, I, I tried a lot of different things to make them sustainable and then found that those sort of skills, I think are transferable to the kind of work I do now, which is sort of like, essentially being like, I think my title, my title is like, I'm a curator, but I'm like, kind of like a metadata librarian. Without having an MLS degree, I've kind of just stumbled into this, just like, I know a little bit about a lot of things. And then I've, I'm good at identifying when things are a problem. That's essentially, I think, that's the the through line to my comedy and my work life is identifying when there's a problem. Um, but like, as far as my creative practice, I don't know. I really enjoyed doing music. And then I found that like the, the at the point where I was trying to be in a band and do comedy at the same time, I just found comedy more rewarding. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of like fell off, but like, yeah uh, my roots are very much in music but i'm just like not creating music right now but i am like started putting out records again so i'm like enabling other people's music so i kind of view that as a piece of it
0: right so a bunch of questions for you to follow okay so so just uh let's start with the last which is you say that the kind of the transition into comedy because it was more rewarding rewarding in what way what was what do you mean by rewarding
1: um uh i was doing maybe one and a half bands at the time i stopped really playing in bands and one of the bands like barely did anything but we were like you know theoretically we had never broken up i guess theoretically we still haven't actually broken up uh which was chen santa maria which is like the sort of improvised electronics for the lack of a better term like without you know I like, noise, I noise band, uh mm-hmm. which I did with steve Santa Maria. And so we never really broke up, but the last time we played live was 2014. um And then the other band I ha- was in was Common Eider King Eider, which I had been in kind of, it, it was like, it would go through waves of activity, but I was in it in 2008. And then I basically, I think in 2013 or 2014, I just basically hadn't, talk to them in a little bit and then it would be this thing where then i i didn't you know rob fisk uh, it was his band it's still his band he does it still he's in berlin now but it'd be the thing like i wouldn't hear from him for like four months and then i and then he's like hey i booked like five shows in august and this is like may and he's like can you practice every wednesday to do these <laughs> and also the record's done and 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 like so I'm not on the record and I didn't do any songwriting and you want me to practice every week. And like, I, and I kind of was at this point where I'm like, man, I, I do like this band and I like things about it, but I also found like myself being like, okay, every Wednesday I have to do this instead of going to an open mic and, and, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm air-quoting now, quoting my craft. <laughs> and uh, the irony of that is, like, I think surely after I left that band, they started, like, booking all these tours in Europe. And I'm just like, well, that sounds about right. That's about about right for me, yeah. But
0: so you were, you were kind of running into the, like, fatigue of being in a band, and you were having, and, and it was more rewarding to do stand-up in that you were just, you had more autonomy, you had more uh, more fun,
1: more ease. I, uh, I'd say in a band, in bands I've been in, it's like you get the attention of the audience is divided three to four ways. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, I get all the attention in this scenario. <laughs> and I liked it then. Now I'm like afraid of it. Um, but yeah, like it was just like, part of what I liked about music was writing part about it. I liked about music was performing and, and then sort of like weirdly like doing a lot of the admin aspects of being in a band, which is like doing PR, like, you know, talking to labels, like booking shows, like, uh, uh, and I'm like, I've always, I don't know if I'm good at the admin part of it, or just I've always been the one that's the most interested in doing the admin aspect of it. But that is kind of like, related to uh other jobs I've had and stuff it kind of came out of that like doing PR mm-hmm. and things like that so um yeah i i just found like a the band situations i was in were not super active um the things i liked about like i liked performing and i was getting all of that in stand up right right like it, you get kind of writing and performing both and Yeah, you know, self-analyzing if you want, um, you know, to look at your material in the same way, but, um, with bands, it was like, okay, I'm not in charge and I have very little say in even like what I'm going to be doing. And I don't know if this is like, I feel like I'm going to invest in like myself Mm -hmm. and a lot of like what I was doing around, The beginning of like the early 2010s was like I'm just like I need to take all these admin skills I have and apply them to myself and like my own like brand for lack of a better term sure yeah yeah
0: and um and kind of and I also just want to kind of roll back and you 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 sort of referenced sustainability with creative practice um in the context of making a living but I I want to clarify that like I'm I'm talking about kind of the greater picture of like just being able to sustain a creative practice, wh- whether you're getting paid for it or not. Sure, sure. Um, I'm being literal but, about it. Well, no, you know, but, it, but yeah, maybe, but. but maybe that's part of your definition of sustainability is like it, it's, is it, do you, are those things wrapped up for you where like, if you're not, if you're not making money at it, is it hard to maintain the practice?
1: I will say like I've kind of flipped on, my whole thought about a lot of this stuff in the last few years at the point where I now am on a salary and no longer an hourly employee. Um, I think I, I did spend a lot of time in my late twenties, early thirties trying to like figure out, like I viewed it as like kind of like a game or I guess like like, the capitalism game, (laughs) like, uh, a little bit of a game of like, how do I, and this is before Patreon existed, I basically was like, what if there was a way I could get the handful of people that care about what I do to give me money every every month or year to do the things that I, which would be like a subscription service or something like, it's like, I think I do like four or five different things well, but I don't know. I haven't asked for money for a lot of these things and i haven't like known how much to charge or have like the mentality that i should charge um and then a thing i was doing that should have made money i never took any money which was promoting shows um like i'd never really i basically was like i have a job i view this as like kind of community service in a weird way um but then like i was hitting a point in 2010 where i had like spent a lot of my own money to go on a tour of europe and you know taken a leave from my work and then returned home and been like i have very little money to live off right now and but i just kind of had this extravagant vacation that didn't really pay for itself like an Um, art art vacation art vacation and i'm just like okay like in my mind that was like a goal like to do like i never i've been to the uk one time i never really done europe tour i'm like i'm gonna do i did like two europe tours in like six weeks with two different acts and with a lot of downtime in between shows i'm just like i don't know how to do this in a way that makes sense other than as like an art vacation right like I, i i'm like i'm not like selling merch i'm not selling records i'm not like I'm spending money on the days off like you know just eating or like having to sleep somewhere so it was like I I, I think this is what I liked also this is the first time I've been gone for that long so I'm just like oh man if I get better at what I'm trying to do is this, does this mean more of this like just not being home like you know eating a lot of cheese and hummus And like, that's even better. And it's better in Europe than it is in America. That's the thing that's fucked up about it. I'm like, Europe's not great, but it's like, it's still better than like American DIY touring. It's so insane. Oh yeah. Um, And I don't know that it's improved in the last 10 years. Um, But like, I had gotten to this point where like, I had a band that was like active enough that we could be touring like UK, Europe once in a while. And even if we weren't putting out new records, there was still like occasionally someone would be like, come do a thing. Um, that band broke up around the same time. I was really starting to get into comedy. And so then basically I I was in like four active bands, then I was down to being in like one and a half bands and then just, and then I quit my job and then did a bunch of (laughs) poor decisions in general. And then I was just like, I'm gonna take unemployment and spend a year just really trying to become Mm -hmm. a good comedian, Mm -hmm. which is not advisable you don't need to quit your job to do that I learned, really. <laughs> but i just was like trying to land in a better place in terms of like career or you know things that i thought were maybe gonna lead to more uh in terms of uh that direction like i didn't really know and also being in the bay area i was like i didn't even know like what you could attain or what right. you could aspire to in terms of comedy it's like there's two clubs that are owned by Live Nation and you kind of just basically have to like suck up to that world. Um right. which I ended up not even succeeding at doing before I moved to LA. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. Oh, I should just to throw another random thing in there. I randomly booked an acting part in like 2014. So then in 2015 I was just like, oh, I can there's acting work in mm-hmm. the Bay Area. Right uh, very little at non-union work, but it, I stumbled into some of it. And then I was just like, I'll be able to do all these things when I move to LA. And then you realizing like, yeah, the, the trick of it is in the Bay area, they want people like me to be in things because people that look like me have real jobs. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, I could pretend to have those real jobs, <laughs> but, um, yeah. The, I'm like, Oh, so it was a, m- a little bit in demand as like a guy in an office in, like web commercials in the bay area but Mm -hmm. down here i'm like oh there's way more of me down here right Um,
0: right so So that yeah that's that was gonna be another question i have for you was like when you kind of give a rundown of what you do you you didn't mention acting or podcasting
1: oh yeah (laughs) because i haven't (laughs) done a podcast in two months um but you have been doing podcasts for years and years yeah for years i've been doing it right uh, and then acting is relatively new and I, in a weird way, I don't view it as like a, I, I'm not, this will probably come back to bite me in the ass one day. If I'm just like, <laughs> he doesn't take it seriously. I'm like, I mean, I think it's, it's not like the a craft that I've really invested myself in as much as it's been sort of like an outgrowth of comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, it is actually the most remu- remunerative, remunerative Mm -hmm. one of those words Uh (laughs) thing that I I've done (laughs) actually out of everything I've ever done I'm like that is like actually the best pay rate of anything I generally do sure so I'm like I'm kind of like still like want to be in the game but I was I was even I even like talked to someone recently who's been in it in LA for a long time about like like should I take like an acting class and she was like are you trying to be like Daniel Day Lewis I'm like not really she's like (laughs) then I wouldn't bother (laughs) like, I'm like, you're trying to be like a guy who's like uh, has a wacky neighbor role on a sitcom. Right. You don't need to like, I mean, I probably do need to like take some kind of class just to like know how to memorize lines. But, um, yeah, uh, I don't view that as really a key part of my creative practice.
0: Okay. But right, but it's in there in the mix, but maybe as a as like a a supplemental kind of thing or an outgrowth of
1: other work. I mean, I love uh, TV, film, and stuff. So Mm -hmm. I mean, I love. I would love to do more work in that world, and I, you know, if it came up, I'd like to get good at it. But it's just also the reality of like, you know, I'm a middle aged bald Chinese American man, and there's not like if I decided to dedicate my life to like being like the Dustin Hoffman of Asian bald middle-aged men, I don't know if that's gonna pay (laughs) off. I don't even know if that's a good uh, person to use anymore as a reference, but um, yeah. Right, right. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients.
0: As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Um, so let's roll back to like, when you, when you sort of when you first got into making stuff for, for lack of a better term creative, creative life Mm -hmm. i mean um can you give give a little idea of like how old were you what you got into and and what you imagined your creative (laughs) life was going to look like
1: yeah um as a young child the thing that i did the most that got me the most praise or attention or validation was drawing and that's actually sort of the path i think i I thought that's what I wanted to do as a young kid. I was like, yo, like there's this guy, Jim Davis. <laughs> he made this character named Garfield <laughs> or even just like political cartoons. Like I, I would just like kind of copy political cartoons without understanding what the political take or joke was. I'd be like, I, I'm gonna draw this version of this caricature. Like I was like kind of like thinking that that was a valid route to go, which I, could have been i mean i uh, weirdly like people someone i grew up with is a very successful uh comics person now and like i know a lot of comics people and that's kind of still a, a big interest of mine but um i kind of pivoted out of that into like doing writing and doing fanzines so i was doing kind of like a lot of the work i was doing I would say like there's a, a third to a, a half of what I do is is not generative creative work but like supportive in some some way it's like supportive or tertiary like it's sort of like criticism or reference to other things and in a weird way I kind of feel like a lot of my comedy is also like essentially like cultural criticism mm-hmm. but um yeah, I think there was like a huge part of that. I don't know, some of that money came from uh, college or like, you know, going to going into school where I went to school and taking the kind of classes I was taking, which is like American studies at Berkeley. Like it was just like very much like culture criticism. Um, just, you know, which <laughs> is kind of, I don't know. I, I feel like it's sort of the predecessor for Twitter, right? It's kind of like, it's <laughs> like, it's like me doing medium posts, uh, like as school, like, it's just like, what, what's problematic about this? What's pro like, I learned that very early on. That's basically what college is for me is like, what's problematic about this thing?
0: Like a, like a educated way of saying like the Sherry Seinfeld, like
1: what's the deal with, (laughs) I mean, to be, to be straight up, like, in terms of like a thing, I, a thing I got out of college, like I, I had this folklore class, which was, I'm like, he would do that he would sit there and like break down jokes uh-huh. like this guy alan dundies he's like in the anthropology department at berkeley and it was like he would like literally do like observational comedy as like anthropology <laughs> and like oh that's straight up it like he's commenting on jokes as a format and also what he's doing is observational comedy at the same time yeah like a, it, and amazing. just like breaking down or just like looking, he'd be like, look at like a George Carlin bit or something, and be like, this is what this is about. It's very Freudian. <laughs> it's like about this. And like, and I was like, that between that and the stuff we were doing, like looking at like film and television, I was just like very much in this zone of like, yeah. And I was kind of like the right age where like I didn't have the internet in high school, but I did have the internet in college. And I was like, kind of like, coming of age with the internet in this way Mm -hmm. with like these things that you you can aspire to like we're starting to become thing like i think about like i was trying to explain like like, the job i have now i could not explain that to myself at 18 like What? what is this job like what is the thing that you do well it's audio on computers that's like radio but then it's also you don't have to go in an office i'm like what? you know that's all everything i would have wanted i was like 15. so in a weird way it's like yeah like i'm just like how would i have even explained that to myself as a yeah. i can't explain it to my mom now yeah. i still try to explain to her like what i do and she's just like so you guys uh you guys buy in uh, buying a lot of companies what are you guys doing that's too inside baseball maybe for this audience (laughs) like well i will assume they know you and and uh yeah but um yeah so what the what was the question okay like my original thing that i got into creatively creatively like well like origin point
0: kind of a creative origin point but also like what did you what did you imagine it would mean to have a creative life like to have a creative practice over time. Or is okay. that even something that you were thinking about when you were like 18, 20? Were you like, I want to, I know I want to make something. You, maybe yeah. you were getting into music and you were like, what was the image of that? Was it like, I want to be a rock star? Was it, I just want to like have a musical life,
1: you know? I, I, um, fought and the, and the kind of the angles I was looking at it was, I was not really a musician through most of high school and college but i was like sort of in these like i said supportive ancillary mm-hmm. kind of positions like i would book the free concerts on the campus mm-hmm. and so i was like kind of like in my own mind like doing some kind of a and r kind of thing right mm-hmm. And did you uh, feel like
0: that was that in and of itself was a kind of creative work or did you did you feel like i'm just helping people who are artists
1: i did feel like it was creative i felt like i was Doing some kind of active curating without having mm-hmm. that terminology for right. it i don't know that like i i hadn't thought about it in terms of of a career or necessarily like making money i just knew i spent more time doing that than i did like studying in my mm-hmm. classes right like, and i think people that do college radio kind of get that as well um i weirdly like did not do the college radio station But I was sort of doing everything that was like kind of equivalent to that kind of thing. Right. Um, right. So, yeah, like I guess it's like, yeah, do you consider a DJ, being a DJ, a creative practice? It sort of is, sort of isn't, right? It's sort of mostly selection curatorial, but essentially that can become a job if you want it to, or you figure out the right way to angle it, you can make it a job.
0: Right. Well, job and creative practice are not necessarily interchangeable
1: it's, okay, but, it, so but, I'm, is... but i'm
0: getting i'm starting to get a thread so were you like looking were you were, were you putting a lot of um pressure on like making whatever creative work you did a, so, a career
1: um yeah i i will say because maybe because of my background which is you know uh child of immigrants who typically, you know, in my, a lot of my peers, it's sort of like, there is these expectations, like, you're going to go to a good school, you're going to become some kind of professional. And I had sort of like, you know, not fallen off that line or like been basically like, look, it's not going to be that way for me. Like, we all Mm -hmm. kind of understand that. (laughs) So what is the closest thing to that, that, feels right and like right. so I and I had I had a lot of um you know I had a lot of weird hang-ups like I didn't like didn't really want to call myself an artist I didn't really think of myself as an artist in those ways or I don't maybe because I thought it was a little pretentious or because um I yeah there, there was some like hang-up I had about it and mm-hmm. whereas like in retrospect I'm like if I had just like gone pivoted hard into being like, Hey, send me to an art school instead. Like mm-hmm. the things probably would have worked out slightly differently. <laughs> and like maybe I would just like, just go do this, um, creative stuff as, as a wholehearted thing. Mm-hmm. It was always a little bit of like, well, you're not going to make a living doing this. But then instead of me thinking of an alternative, I just couldn't think of a way to make a living doing anything. <laughs> um, like I literally, it was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing at all. And I just know my rent is this much and I just need to figure out some way to keep doing the stuff I'm interested in and, you know, keep a roof over my head and, you know, figure it out. Like I kind of started playing in bands a little bit, like when I was like 23, 24, a bit more. And then by the time I was like 25, I kind of felt like I was having my first band it's like a lot of people have that when they're 18 already, so I always felt like mm-hmm. I was like a little bit behind, uh, mm-hmm. in terms of what I was doing that whole time. I was also doing like the curatorial type of stuff, like editing right. a zine, and um, I started getting into freelance writing around that time as well. So, okay. uh, I did some writing for like some uh, alt weeklies and you know, occasionally something for spin.com, which was like a super like shot in the dark thing. I just like wrote them. A friend, and they're like, "Yeah, sure." The first time I sent them something, they were just like, "Okay, so you didn't go to journalism school. These are all the things that you you need to do. You can't just like just like <laughs> full full of red lines, you know?" If it, <laughs> went, it was over an email, but yeah. Um, but and and like, yeah. Oh, sorry, and all that time you were
0: also organizing, or you had been since college, and curating, and
1: yeah, I kind of promoting. Did a, yeah, I did a lot of that. Where it was like, I didn't think of it. It just was a thing I started doing, and I didn't really have a plan with it. It just was Mm -hmm. a thing I started doing. Mm -hmm. And it was like almost like reality of just being like, oh, um, people need this, and they like that I do it, and I'm a people pleaser, so I'll keep doing it, Mm -hmm. essentially. (laughs) That's kind of a lot of the root of it, yeah.
0: Um, But you clearly must enjoy some part of it, or at least find some benefit of it to still be doing it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been I, doing
0: it for so long.
1: Um, yeah, I, I, I would say, like, I kind of started up again doing that during the pandemic. Basically, I wasn't doing, like, live performance anymore, and right. I'd already kind of been talking about doing some record projects and being at the point where I'm like, oh, I could actually do this, and it's not going to, like, I, I can take some risks financially about some of these things, and... As long as I enjoy the end product, I'm not gonna feel like it was a failure if I didn't, right. you know, make a grip of money on it, right? right. It's, it's just like the 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 stability of the day job sort of allows me to be a little bit more. I don't know. One could say frivolous, but I'll just say, you know, uh, uh, free about what kind of. I'm like as hobbies go. You mm-hmm. know, some people get into microbrewing. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm kind of doing that. Right. It's microbrewing, but it's other, it's like promoting other people's, fermenting other people, I guess. I don't know if the, the right terminology. No, be. that's a good, that's a, that's that, like a I, hobby. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, so if you sort of view that part of it as a hobby, does, would you use the same terminology in, in terms of talking about like your own work? Or like, um, does the, does the, does having the day job allow you to to remove some of the pressure of your creative work almost so that you can have a almost hobby like relationship to
1: it? And I think like that, maybe that's what I was trying to get at. Like in my twenties and thirties, I was like, this has to be a career or this has to be sustainable in terms like I was I was probably living in a way that was not generally sustainable like when I was like so involved in music that like my day job was working at a record label. I was playing in four bands. Mm-hmm. I was going out five times a week. I was not in any relationships or dating at all. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was also putting out my own records and putting out other people's records. And like, so my social life, my fi- my business life, my, uh, you know, creative uh, life, all of those things were so like, tied to like what I thought music was and like me so like there's so many aspects to music right but like it was all I was like so in it that like it probably couldn't have kept going that way unless mm-hmm. I just was still living the same apartment right uh, uh you know for 20 years right um so and then I kind of like when I started doing more comedy I kind of almost did like a whole 180 of like then comedy I got my job because of comedy I had I was booking a venue that was a comedy venue I was performing comedy putting on shows like kind of trying to like do all the the parts of the pit you know all the parts Mm -hmm. of the the buffalo right right Right. (laughs) Trying to like absorb as much of every aspect of it as I could um and 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 then I realized at some point maybe that's not sustainable either and now I'm like Mm -hmm. at the sort of point where I'm like I do stand up sometimes Uh, the record stuff is like a thing that I enjoy doing that I'd like to figure out how to be better at. And it's just like, look, I've been doing this kind of through before, before downloads and after downloads. So I just kind of like want to like see what happens. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I feel like because I never, went whole hog into it at a certain point, like when like, you know, CDs were like, people were trying to make a living selling CDs or anything. I don't have that baggage. Mm -hmm. So it's being like a little bit of a nimbler thing and being like, wow, it's surprising that I started doing this thing in the nineties. And like, I'm now doing a showcase at noise pop. Uh, and then like friends of mine that had full on legit labels with employees just had to like, shrivel up like and die like nine years ago so right it's this weird thing of like i kind of wanted to like you know what are the bugs that like they can like get or frogs or bugs where they they dry out and they revive later Uh (laughs) i was kind of much like okay if you're small enough you can outlast some of these bigger changes than if you were like all in like i rely on my income from this Mm -hmm. um so right. I know that you're talking okay so what I'm going to try to like get I know I'm getting like more like about like and it maybe seems crass to be like it like making a living off something or or money off No something.
0: it's I I'm not I don't mean to imply that it's crass at all in fact I'm I'm just curious like how people how different people conceive of of you know what makes something sustainable and and mm-hmm. what they need for something right. to be sustainable um And so one of the things that I I kind of heard you talking about, there was how going like all in 360 uh, maybe wasn't a totally sustainable thing for you. And that there was, is maybe a burnout factor or just like, or even burnout aside, like that it didn't allow for, um, for like other possibilities of like, of, of survival or something like if this one thing didn't work, then the Mm -hmm. whole thing collapsed. Um, but um but yeah I mean if if like if you know sustainability is intertwined with financial health like that certainly makes sense
1: <laughs> or like yeah like I I think of it like you know there's a lot of areas of being a well-rounded person that also need to happen and like I think I've been really evaluating uh, during this whole last 2 years too it's been like like, why do I want certain things or what is driving certain things? And like, like what, really, for example, like, like, okay, the, like, do I want to perform purely it's about like my ego gratification somehow and being like, okay, well, is that healthy or is that a good reason to do these things? And then just really having to evaluate that kind of thing. And I haven't really landed on a, for sure, like, about it because it's like I think creative people do have egos right like Uh you kind of do need to have some ego to be like otherwise you're like well no one wants to hear what I have to say right and even like in the last year and a half like everything that's all the stuff that's been happening including like you know like the uh, like you know racial justice stuff and stuff it's just like I'm like and and being around like a lot of people being like, like, um, I don't know whether I should say anything or not, because I'm white. I'm like, well, well, I'm not white, but I also don't know whether I should say anything. And like like those those aspects of things coming out too. It's just like, are we taking up too much space? Are people that like like how do like is it a zero sum game? Or like how do we give space to other people and then still like do stuff that like we want to do? Cause like most of the stuff I want to do is not for the social good, it's purely like something to entertain <laughs> myself, um, you know? So it, uh, I also, yeah, um, I I have not figured it out at all, but I, I I was thinking about it, like maybe there's things that drive me to do certain performance and it's like, that's really more about like, it's really just something for me to figure out for myself like as a person and not like to put on an audience right and like my relationship to audiences did change a lot like basically when I was doing the kind of music I was doing there was kind of always this um this little out you could use of like well they they don't they just don't get it mm-hmm. right and then I was in a genre where it's like oh if they don't get it it's not the thing like it's not comedy if they don't get it right, right? like if it's not funny it doesn't work right. it, it it relies on an audience reaction and i kind of was like a lot of i would say a lot of the stuff i did i did a lot of music i wouldn't say i did funny music but i did a lot of stuff that was like messing with audiences or kind of trolling them
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: i realized at a certain point it's like unless i do that or I, like like what is it the inspiration to do comedy was that the whole time. And then when I'm trying to do comedy, it's like, oh, I actually totally really, some comedians are like good about being like, I know this is funny, fuck them if they don't get it. But mm-hmm. I, I'm not there yet. I'm still just like, well, if it doesn't work, then I'm not, I'm doing spoken word. I'm doing, I'm doing poetry. <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know what's happening. So <laughs> I'm still at the point where I'm like, I need it to do that. Uh-huh. And you know, I wish I could be more like have the confidence or like the, you know, the Kaufman quality to just be like, yeah, I'm doing something that's none of you understand, and that's fine. I'm like, no, I'm kind of like, I am trying to do the most populist thing mm-hmm. that is in my wheelhouse of things that I do. Like, I mean, like, I don't expect people to like most people to like um a 40 minute like drone piece. Right. you know like right. that's you know that you're targeting people have to just buy into that mm-hmm. and then for comedy to work it in the most commercial and again maybe this is i'm really digging into like this commerce thing i didn't really think about it so much but like there, there's sort of like different ideas about comedy there's some people that think like for comedy it's like you know you have to be able to play every room right mm-hmm. you can't just right. be a club comic or an alt comic, you have to be able to do both things. And it's like, I've spent a lot of time just being in the the alt world or the weirdo world. And right. It's like, to me, it's val- it would be validating to be like, oh, I can be at a club and people, I'll make a joke that like, I'll still make the jokes that I wanna make is like bonus jokes or whatever, but like, mm-hmm. the- I think the 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 role or the job is different right it's a, interesting there's wow. a there's a there's a achievable goal for comedy, and I feel like even with like the best music, it's like is there an achievable goal or it's just like you did the thing that you set out to do, and that's whether people got it or not is irrelevant right like I kind of feel like maybe all uh, of it is I don't, like, well, I don't
0: know i mean Taylor Swift seems to you know like be able to like play all those rooms right or whatever Mm -hmm. um but uh, that's a really it's a really interesting point i mean i i hate to say like one is art and one is entertainment and maybe comedy has this expectation that it you know has to be entertainment first or something like that and music has the freedom to be either or
1: but i don't know i don't know that i like stand by those terms okay yeah yeah no, it's I'm it maybe creating more of a binary, but I mean, seeing coming from where I'm coming from, like it it was a bit of a change in attitude. Sure, to, I mean, to the, to, to yeah, how I relate to an audience.
0: Yeah, and this was something I I kind of wanted to ask about because you know you you talked about like early on, Matt, trying to think about like putting your creative work in the context of a a sustainable career, but um but you've also like made aesthetic choices in a lot of the work that you do that removes it from the commercial, like <laughs> almost you know, as far from the commercial realm as possible, I, I, yeah. right? Yes, so especially yes. with music. Yes. But I would I would, you know, like your comedy yes. too is certainly yes. not like Johnny Carson Tonight Show style comedy.
1: Sure. I put out a a record that is like different noise musicians remixing right. my my me talking and exactly sounds and it's like oh i like the idea of it um and i like the execution <laughs> of most of it <laughs> but I it's not know, like Flight of like, the concords or something <laughs> it is not it is more like like sound poetry <laughs> right <laughs> or like what i was thinking about a lot was sound poetry and Weirdly, like Jeff Foxworthy has like music tracks on his on his records. (laughs) I I literally thought of that. It's like (laughs) Jeff Foxworthy, there's like these songs that are like tags at the end of Jeff Foxworthy albums, which is just like it's like a country song, and then they'll just throw in like little sound bites of like here, you know here's oh that's that's Ron White I was gonna say here's your sign I think that's Ron White wait is that Jeff Haw- well like you might be redneck right like like just like little little Jeff Foxworthy isms right like, oh but that's like that makes sense like that's the culture he's from <laughs> country music culture right they also like the country music people like his comedy and they like country music therefore that and I'm like right. oh the people that know me from all this noise stuff I used to do like noise music. Right. And they may not like the comedy, but they might like the uh, interpretation <laughs> of the comedy as noise music. And like that is kind of like my culture as much as country music is Jeff Fossil's culture. Totally. Right. Yeah. So that I'm just like, I know it's a smaller subset of people. <laughs> A little bit yeah yeah but that's why it came out on a cassette you know? yeah no I
0: mean I'm I not I'm not critiquing your aesthetic choices I'm just questioning the you know the whole I'm just yeah. yeah I mean you know I, I because I relate because I mm-hmm. I graduated you know at like 22 from college thinking that I was gonna go on to have like hoping and, mm-hmm. and like deluded into thinking that I was gonna go on to have like my financial career was also going to be playing avant-garde music <laughs> you know and i like i believe that and i'm like right, right, right yeah right, right. i'll like play european festivals and i'll get grants and and i'm and like also, what was what was your rent when
1: you're 22 it's like yeah i mean you know and right and, and like
0: you were kind of saying like maybe if i had never Grown out of that $300 <laughs> like mission apartment, yeah, and right, and never like had a relationship or a family or like yeah. owned anything, owned a car, you know, less than 20 years old. Then, like, maybe I could have made that work. Maybe if you and, could also get on SSI, <laughs> right? And, and and if I could have like gotten some incredibly lucky breaks, right? right and you right, know, right. and may, I mean, uh, uh, that's a whole other question uh because there are like i have some peers that i started with at the same time and they just like
1: did it and just
0: like you know like never Mm -hmm. wavered
1: we all know those people
0: and they like they're not rich but they're you know getting written about in the new yorker or or, are touring europe or whatever and and god bless them and they deserve it and there's no you know yeah but um and maybe maybe the issue is more that i just had other things i wanted to do Mm -hmm. also
1: right because you got a writing degree
0: yeah i mean like i made i made avant-garde music for a long time and, and then i started making rock music and then i mm. started yeah i got a degree in writing and so I've, I've done a lot i've switched instruments i've switched styles i've you know
1: well, switched mediums <laughs> that's my question for you did you think going from avant-garde to rock was gonna be <laughs> <laughs> a little bit financially better maybe not financially
0: better, but, um, but, but like audience, I, I did think that there would be more mm-hmm. audience, but mm-hmm. as a friend pointed out, he's like, you went from making the most accessible avant-garde music to making the least accessible <laughs> rock music. <laughs> sure. So sure. That, that was at that time. But, um, yeah. and I, and I do think that in some ways, yeah, there were certainly more opportunities there were, if, if, if nothing else, there were more places to play. But, um, mm-hmm. but that, yeah, that's a, that's. I, no, I, I, I mean, I, I've kind of thought about
1: it in a reverse way as well, yeah. because I was like at a point where I was doing like a lot of like, you know, fairly pop for being, you know, underground sure music. And I was like, like do I need to go to Mills? I like literally had this thought of like, I'm like, it, I'm seeing other people getting stuff that I'm, that I would like to get, but what, what are like, weighing those things out, right? Like, cause on one hand it's like, like what you're saying, like there's a way you're more tapped into like the culture when you're Mm -hmm. in a more populist form. And then you get to a point where like, you're like in your thirties and you're just like prestige is nice too, or something (laughs) prestigious would be nice like literally being like you know i guess i can say it here because like i've literally been thinking about this thing of like when like you know people get like arts residencies and stuff and mm-hmm. like it's a point now where like certain certain comedians get arts residencies right and i'm like should is that the way to go like and then am i just doing this because i don't have a better idea or i just have seen <laughs> someone else do it i'm like well, that's a lot of stuff you do because you see other people do it, right? Like, right. I'm sure like, even like touring Europe, it's like my friends are touring Europe, I guess I should tour Europe, you know, like to a degree. Well, I guess that goes back to what I was saying about like in this last period of evaluation being like, what, why do I want certain things? Like, is it kind of a, a FOMO thing or hmm. is it pure? Like I, I'm now at this point where I'm like, Going back to the original thing, like I like drawing and I do a lot more drawing just because I enjoy doing the drawing. And it's like, oh, it doesn't have to be for a thing. But, you know, the way my brain works, I'm also I'm like, I guess I could make this into like a t shirt or something. Like, you know, I still mm-hmm. have like a little bit of that. But mostly it's like, it's mostly a thing where I'm like, or cooking, right? Like, I like to cook now. Right. And I take pride in the cooking and then it goes away. right Right. and then like that maybe that that feels to me like maybe more things really are like that because even like even like the idea of like you know hey the earth is like pretty fucked (laughs) like what's gonna be left like like there's gonna be a pile of of plastic that i made in my life and then i'm like like maybe maybe my friends that all got into food 20 years ago i didn't get it and i was just like I'd rather put out records and make food. And now I'm like, fuck, maybe I should have been making food this whole time. Um,
0: (laughs) Right. Well, so, so like, it sounds like you don't consider making food or even drawing part of your creative practice.
1: Um, I consider drawing kind of part of my creative practice, but food making, I like, I feel like if I try to make it part of my creative practice, the way I have traditionally, that means I'm opening a taco stand and then like, and like losing my shirt. So right, I'm like, right. don't do that with this. Just right. do, just do a thing that you like to do to have a good experience and then let us never speak of it again. Right. Like that's, that's how I hear food now. Yeah.
0: And you're starting to apply that same mindset. Are you saying to some of your other creative work?
1: or have I'd that like, same attitude i'm like thinking about scale i'm thinking like i'm at a point where i'm like a lot of the things i do kind of work as hobbies and i hated saying hobby before because i felt like it meant like you're not taking it seriously mm-hmm. or you're not like it It just felt diminutive right like because i was like right. you know something like my mom would say like like so you're 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 gonna go travel to north carolina for your hobby i'm like no mom is what i do right. <laughs> like i'm like right. still having that kind of argument inside of myself about it like I'm like, right. is this what i do um i i think like yeah like just thinking like i just keep doing stuff without having real goals to be honest like a lot of the stuff i do doesn't have like real concrete goals mm-hmm. it's just it's just now it's like the goal for me as a comic has like definitely scaled down from Mm -hmm. what i thought it when i when you start and you think you're going to be like again like as much of a delusion as and we can have when they're like 23 and want to be in a band like i was having it like you know 38 Mm -hmm. like i'm gonna move to la and like uh, break into show business as a middle-aged man um so but like i don't know it it was a lot sadder a couple years ago (laughs) (laughs) when it wasn't working out so well. And then I was like, also like, well, I kind of moved here to do this. And now it's like, Oh, I kind of moved to LA to get better at my day job, weirdly. And (laughs) then now as a result, I have more bandwidth to do kind of these creative pursuits that are not the way I pay my rent. And Uh I don't know, maybe, I haven't really hung up on this whole like immigrant thing of like, Everything you do has to make money, right? Like that's the the, and it's uh, it's kind of like a bummer, um. And, and I and I I really internalized it, I guess, and I'm like really, I haven't been thinking about it too much, and then this conversation is making me think about it more, because hmm. it's it's like, I it's really it's really like, I I never really bought into it. But now as I get older, I'm like, I, I, you know, I was like not thinking about, I wasn't even thinking about like, what am I going to do when I'm 40? I, I had no like real thought about it, you mm-hmm. know, until I was like, oh, I'm 39. Oh shit. You <laughs> know? So like, like things like that, like, I'm just the way, like, I don't own a home or anything. I don't have a car right now, but like, I'm like fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I, I'm, I guess I'm thinking to myself sometimes, even like, do I want to play music again? Even like, is that something I want to do? Like, I did a cover band that's like, you get the fun of performing and you get the camaraderie of being in a band, but you don't have to create anything. Right. No it's just this weird thing. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, 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 do I, maybe I'm just getting to the point where I'm like, I, I need to figure out what I'm good at. Um, cause I've done so much random stuff mm-hmm. where I'm like, I thought I was a good writer, but then I was like, I can't write for a living because it takes forever to get paid and it takes a lot out of me and I'm very slow. Uh And so I just can't do this for a living. Uh And then I kind of gave up on that. And then randomly out of nowhere, someone asked me to write something like two weeks ago. So I'm like, all right, I guess I'm writing again. Uh I'm like, it's kind of like, even the way I handled like being in four bands, it was like, what band needs the most attention right now? it's like, it was like this crop circle thing, mm-hmm. right? I'm like, okay, in April, this band has to go on tour. In, in, in uh summer, this band has to record something in, you know, this band will just occasionally do something now and then. And it was right. like, I was never like firing on all cylinders on one of my bands, right. like wholeheartedly. And like, I feel like maybe, you know, It would have been cool to see what happens if I had done that. And that's kind of what I'm trying to do. Like even like with doing a label now. It's like there was times I had more time to put into stuff like this. And now I have more money to put into stuff like this. So it's like, let's see if we can balance those out and like be like, hey, what would this look like if it was more it could be more of its own if it's of its own thing that's meant to be, right? Uh Like that's kind of a thought I'm having around that stuff. So That's kind of what that is. It's almost like, you know, whatever fantasy I had about what it was going to be, I have in the best position to like play that out more. And then like my ego about my own bands getting passed over for things is like out of the equation because I'm like, I'm not creating this music anymore. I'm facilitating other people's stuff. And Uh I think I'm good at doing that. So I'm going to like do that uh on the side and so yeah i don't know i have i sustained anything it's hard to say it's like sustainability (laughs) i i would say like i'm in a total writer's block for comedy right now so i don't feel like i feel like something major has to shift there Mm -hmm. for me to get out of the rut and again like it's like a thing of like i have some stuff i can perform and feel like good about performing I'm not generating a lot of stuff right now. So, or like I generate stuff and I feel kind of like, ugh, I feel not great about it.
0: Mm-hmm. But you do you power through and keep at it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I did a show, I hadn't done a, a stand up set. Like I did this performance stuff. I do this character now, which is like a clown essentially. But um, I did a standup set where I'm like, oh, I have to talk and talk about my life and make people laugh. And I put a lot of pressure on myself and I went to a bunch of shitty open mics to do it. Mm-hmm. And then I did the show. I'm just like, there's, there were more people at the open mics. I don't know why I put all this pressure on myself. <laughs> and I'm like, but I did it. I'm like, yeah. yeah, I did it. And then I put that down and that was just like, I told myself I wasn't gonna watch The Wire until I did this, uh-huh. <laughs> And now I'm just like, uh, it, it's like, I, 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 yeah, I need, I need the deadlines sometimes. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. need like an external. Sure. It is.
0: Well, that, that's something that, that I, I really wanted to talk to you about. And before we run out of time, <laughs> um, we're already. At the oh, end. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. That's okay. Um, but, but the, the deadline or the external, I, I feel like when I think of you, I think of community. Mm-hmm. And um, and you know, I was mentioning that before we were recording, where like I feel like you know everybody I know, times a thousand. Everybody I know knows you
1: somehow. Um, and... Times a thousand. <laughs> like I know a thousand <laughs> people you don't know yet that you're going to know. Uh, no, a thousandfold. <laughs> a thousandfold. Okay, yeah. um,
0: no, but 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 hearing you talk about sort of um, doing the facilitative and the administrative or supportive work or commentary sort of always having that be a component of, and, and and it even has become your job where you're like you know the your actual day job is supportive of other creative work too yeah um, to what degree does does being really integral to uh, creative communities um, feed or sustain you like is that is that is that something that you're seeking out because um, because it feeds you or because it it nourishes your practice, your personal practice?
1: Yeah, it's a good question Um, because I have felt like it's taken me a long time to feel that in LA Mm -hmm. and like that might be, you know, there's a lot of reasons that could be. Um, I, yeah, I am a social person mostly. I think that's a lot of, where it so it's like just like i get excited i also like collaborations like i really find like things happen in collaborative settings um even at work like i felt that's the case like i am and that's the thing like certain types of work that are just like very like heads down like like me writing jokes like i just have to sit by myself and be with myself and. It's, it's not like what I ideally want to do most of the time. Um, yeah, I, I, I like find firstly, yeah, it's just interesting to see what other people are doing. I'm interested in other people. A lot of people in LA are doing like varied type of work. Um, I think of like my friend who, he was in LA, but moved. Uh, back east recently like ethan swan who does a record label used to play in bands as sort of like a curator uh researcher and he kind of views all those things as being the same uh-huh. extension of the same thing uh-huh. And like i was like oh yeah i never really thought about like how he thinks about it but then he was like looking at his website he's like i think of these things as all being connected maybe i'm the only one who thinks that and i think like I did have a lot of thoughts about like, um, you know, what my thing is, right? Like, and I, less than, I find like when I'm actually doing a bunch of stuff, I'm not thinking about it as much. It's when I'm like doing less stuff that I'm like, what am I? Like, wow. what it? What? Where do I? What am I doing? Like, <laughs> who am I? Like, I'm like if I'm just doing uh, something, uh, doing mm-hmm. projects, I'm 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 pretty project oriented. I like to think about projects. You get this weird like kind of like you know, let down after project's done sometimes. Sure, yeah. Like, it's like, I hate that. And that that would used to just drive me to be like, I gotta do another thing. Right. Um, So, I yeah, community is important to me. Um, And like I said, there was a time, like all my whole social life was these things. Right. And now that's less the case, I'm a married guy um like there's been a pandemic I don't really <laughs> can't really socialize um but you know it's starting to come back and yeah. it's like been nice to I've been here like six seven years almost it's like I'm starting to feel like I know people and like all the people I know from different things that like my friends from college, my comedy friends, my music mm-hmm. friends like I'm like oh like yeah i I kind of know. Enough. I have a community in LA. I still have like kind of like a California-wide community, I guess. Sure. But yes. it's just like I'm not in touch with people the way I used to be when I was like you know touring all the time and like right. That, right. that that stuff. Um, I don't know if that answers what you're saying. Like like you're saying like is it part of like being an, what they say? But an extrovert gets charged by interacting with other right. people, right. and then they um, introverts like they're not energized by that, it like takes stuff out of them. And I'm definitely like, I get energized by other people. Right. And maybe being totally by myself drains me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That that makes sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's cool. And so, um, so part of that is like
0: seeking out that connection, seeking out those, um, opportunities of collaboration
1: in order to charge up for your own work or for your own practice. Yeah. I mean, I like. Um, I'm trying to think like, yeah, like I, l- I know a lot of people that do a lot of different things, right? Like, mm-hmm. and, and it's always cool to talk to people and then see what they're working. On. I'm like, I think there's a lot of people like that now. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think people, maybe some people are so single-minded they just do one thing, but I think most people are getting to like the fact that everyone does do a podcast also, right? No matter <laughs> what you do, you also talk about it on a podcast right, right? so right. like we're all also promoting ourselves right in, in these ways too so right it i man i hope i don't sound like i just am like this attention or i just like no like, no no, no he just likes to get attention all the time that's like a big issue <laughs> i'm like kind of work on it myself <laughs> but um
0: no i, in I mean fact, yeah I, I like your how candid you are about the fact that like that's part of why we do this, you know? Um, And that, uh, yeah, I mean, there are certainly people that don't, there are people that just make work in their bedroom and they have no, um, investment in sharing it with anybody else. And God bless them. Um, and we don't
1: know that. We don't know about them yet. (laughs) You're Henry Dargers. You know, people like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Um, I love those people. I love the weirdo (laughs) people that are just like, Oh, you just did this you did this for like my friend is doing a you've met my friend um I'm not going to say his name right now but he um he made a whole like uh f- basically fan fiction like per- very well sound designed like uh pod it's, it's he's not calling it a podcast it's like a radio it's an audio play wow and he's doing all the voices he did the sound design and he's like it's fan fiction, so he can't commercially release it anywhere, right? Because right. it would be copyright violations. He can't make right. money off of it. It's become <laughs> and I'm like I was just at, um, I was just hanging with a few friends. And we were like, we'd all we'd all heard it. He would played it for all of us, and we're just like, it's pretty good. He does wow. a good job. That's but awesome. But he can't he can't sell it. You can't <laughs> like commercialize it at all. It was made purely in this like this this fan way so will he will he wind up just giving it away
0: or won't even share it at
1: all man i don't know i gotta talk to him about it it's like (laughs) it's it's also pretty obscure because it is like a fan fiction it has like to do with the lore of like uh, Uh an ip that he does not (laughs) own so but it's just like i'm like honestly just i'm like use it as a demo for other stuff Uh, you want to do because like you put this is what you care about and you put so much work into it It's just like, you just need to do a version of that, but with your own thing. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, I don't want to take up more of your time, uh, but it's great talking.
1: No, happy to talk to you. Maybe when I start podcasting again, you should come on our podcast and talk about a documentary you want to talk about. Because that's another show. It's a documentary show. Literally, like, we just took a break and then, like, my co-host has, like, been coughing like for oh, a month God. not covid but okay. um, so we're gonna try to record before the end of the end wow. of the year but that uh, changes afoot over there too
0: cool yeah well um i hope that all goes well i hope that you get that going again and uh just keep doing what you're doing
1: you too man thanks it's great to talk yep good talking to you thanks take care